Hey, this is Harry, and you are listening to The Lit Podcast, a show where we speak with New York City event hosts and their stories. This week, I'm speaking with Yi Yi Zhang, an event coordinator at Wonderville. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for making time. So could you maybe tell me to start off, like, kind of like what you do before this, uh, this event series at Wonderville? Kind of how did you end up in New York? and things like that? Yeah, sure. So I moved to New York in 2009, right after undergrad. And when I first came to New York, I had a couple friends, but it was really just like as anyone who first comes to New York, it's it's a lot of commotion, a lot of isolation amongst the noise, if, if that makes sense. And I found some friends through the couch serving community and just, you know, went to a bunch of events. And that's sort of how I got really involved in community building and the event space was just, I loved making those connections with people. What, um, you say communities. So um, have you worked with other communities other than uh, Wonderville? Yeah, so before Wonderville, just a few years ago, I took a class with Playcrafting, which is a organization slash company that uh, hosts both community events around indie game dev, as well as classes where they teach people how to build games. So I've always been a gamer my whole life. So I decided like, why not just make some games? And through that community, I met a whole bunch of really good friends. And then I started doing, hosting my own events and meetups uh, just through having met so many people that like needed a place to get together and co-work and be inspired and stay motivated. So that sounds, that's resonating a lot with me. So I, I too run kind of my own meetups and I've mm-hmm. grown them and some of them have been very popular, like 2000, 3000 people. Mm-hmm. And I just want to maybe expand on that, that aspect. So it sounds like you, you're really into the community building aspects of running an event can yeah, you maybe share more sure. thoughts on that? I just, I just really like as someone who was not a native New Yorker coming here, I know how awkward it is to just walk into a room and not know anyone. And to like, I, I liked being in the role of being able to facilitate new people meeting, meeting really awesome people and sharing interests with each other. So through the indie game dev community, a lot of people who first come to New York are here pursuing the dream of making it in games, doing game adjacent things like making music, making, making storyboards, writing, making art. So by building those communities, I was able to bring a bunch of very talented people together and like see the magic that they all made together. Okay. And let's see. So, and so to talk about, I guess, your first event that you, that you run here at Wonderville, what is it exactly? What, what's the name of the event at, at Wonderville? Because Wonderville is like an establishment. It's um, yeah. maybe explain what, what is Wonderville. My understanding yeah, is that. Yeah. Let me back up and talk a little bit about what Wonderville is because like it's, it's a little complicated. So Wonderville was created and built by two owners, uh, Mark and Stephanie. They are husband and wife. Uh, At the time when they were building Wonderville, they were engaged and they ran this Kickstarter together to take over this 
arcades or, or this bar space in Bushwick called Secret Project Robot. They took over that space and decided to decided to build it into this indie arcades space in conjunction with Death by Audio Arcade, which is a 501c3 nonprofit of which Mark at the time was president. Death by Audio Arcade is a nonprofit that builds DIY arcade cabinets. So Wonderville is the sort of for-profit bar that houses now all of these DIY arcade cabinets built by Death by Audio Arcade. So through that, like Wonderville was established at, through, through the Kickstarter as this indie arcade bar event space for just doing all sorts of like events that are sort of off the off the off the what's it, off the beat not path. mainstream yeah mainstream yes yeah not mainstream yeah so some of the events that wonderville did pre-covid were just like a lot of like chiptune music artists coming in or we, we did like a live ensemble with with a game playing in the background for the game ape out we've done a just every Tuesday, we had a tournament Tuesday where people would come in and play tournament rounds, brackets of games made in New York City. And the unique thing about it is that all of the arcade cabinets are built from like new indie games as opposed to like your barcade where it's all like retro games and Pac-Man and things like that. These are all like brand new games, most of them made right here in the city. See, that I didn't know. Yeah, my my understanding was that Wonderville is kind of like Barcade, but it I didn't know that it was all indie games and like newer games. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I think I can't actually call it a Barcade. So if I did, strike that because Barcade owns Barcade. They are an indie artcade. Mm. No, I said Barcade. I don't ah, think you yeah. said. Um, I'm just trying to related to something that might be more familiar to yeah, people yeah. in the audience if they've never been to Wonderville. And so Wonderville so- is really all about like promoting <clears throat> experimental music, art, and games and sort of uh, supporting and highlighting some of the talent that's come out of NYC game development and the artists. Have you ever, what it sort of brings to mind Crystal Castles, you ever heard that band? Yeah, yeah, I think they've showed they played at Magfest or something. Yeah, I feel like that would that would be like the perfect place for them to to play. They don't play anymore, I think. I think they had ah, a falling out. Okay. That's Real right. shame. But I think I think Crystal Castles is also if they aren't from New York or based out of New York back in the day, they were they're very popular. I mean, in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. Um I guess in the when I was in high school, it's like 2008. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. And so, but Wonderville is a, is a physical location. And here right now we're, we're going through quarantine through the, Mm -hmm. because of the coronavirus and people are being asked to shelter in place, stay at home, don't do anything, don't move. And so could you tell me maybe, could you tell me more about, how Wonderville has has navigated these uncertain times? Like, are they experimenting and shifting to virtual events? What's happening there? Yeah, so obviously 
the stay-at-home, shelter-in-place, all bars need to shut down thing was pretty devastating for Wonderville because before COVID, we were doing maybe six or even seven events per week, and I was responsible for coordinating all of that. So ever since we had to shut down, a lot of a lot of events are just not possible, like dance parties where you have to sort of be in a physical space with people are not possible. But we have pivoted in the sense that some of our events, because we work with so many game developers and engineers and really smart technologists, some of the events have actually done better when we have pivoted them online just because all of a sudden no one is constrained by having to commute to a location. So one of the recurring events that we did at Wonderville was a game or a game playtest night called playtest night and that was run by Andy Wallace who is a graduate student professor at LIU Post teaching game design and that is that used to be an event where everyone would show up once a week or once a month at Wonderville and just prototype and show off their games that were works in progress and get feedback from the community because as an indie developer it's really hard to get anyone to like touch what you're doing and that was important so we moved all of that online to now wonderville's new discord and every and it's the same schedule like once a month wednesday nights first wednesday of the month we all get together people post their builds we all get on a discord video chat together with maybe 20 people and people get a chance to present their games, share their builds and get feedback. And, and that's, that's also streamed on Twitch. That's and that's the Wonderville virtual event. Correct. That's one of the Wonderville virtual events that we successfully moved over to an online format. And could you so what what kind of people usually attend them and and not not what kind of people but like what what's the like, is it is it fellow indie developers that are attending these events? Is it game enthusiasts? Is it people that are just looking for something to do, or kind of like been what's... a mix of all those people? There's um, there, it's primarily yes, people who are making games themselves, who you know you you want to give feedback in order to get feedback for yourself. So it's sort of like a give back mechanic. But there's also people who are like just interested in how does making music for games work or how do I pivot my traditional studio art background into making digital art for games, things like that. So we have people like that interested as well. There's also like physical product fabricators who are interested in the, the, the arcade cabinet component and they attend as well, as well as just, I don't know, I have friends who just pop in because they're really bored on a Wednesday, stuck at yeah. home, nothing to do. And they want to check out some, games and just socialize yeah i think i think that would be one of the a, a really big attractive thing for this event um mm -hmm. if people it sounds like people can just t tune in and just chit chat over mm -hmm. audio well is, is it twi a twitch stream and a discord server like yeah so it we all gather on discord in like a voice channel that is voice or video and then that server or that that channel is then streamed on Twitch on the Wonderville NYC Twitch stream. Mm -hmm. so and so on you Twitch, have a you wider can audience on Twitch. On Twitch, you'll probably have like a larger distribution. 
because Correct. like it's yeah. like on the front page of twitch and everybody's like looking for stuff to look at i wish we were on the front page of twitch yeah i mean it it could, it could probably happen yeah, it could happen yeah, we'll see the but on twitch you can use twitch to to tune in and kind of like chat but then if you're interested in voice chatting with the with the channel uh they can they can go into the discord instead yeah and the cool thing about it is that like often you play a game but you're playing it in a vacuum this way you get to actually engage with the developers and the people involved in making it and also make your feedback heard and it's cool when someone implements your like oh i don't understand how like using shift here works why don't why you switch it to a space bar instead and it's they implement it you feel like you're you sort of had a hand in the development of a final product you get added to the credits yeah i don't think you would but <laughs> you should yeah um and so let's see you you also mentioned that you're involved with a separate gaming or gaming organizations uh, nyc gaming and there's a related meetup group so you can maybe tell me uh, are they one are they two organizations what's what's going on there they are two organizations but all involving the same people pretty much uh, nyc game same makers, people different meetup yeah nyc game makers is a meetup group on meetup.com that i started after i got out of the playcrafting classes and i was really having trouble staying motivated on my personal game projects because all of a sudden i didn't have the structure of a class to keep me on track so i was like let me set up a meetup group that meets once a month where everyone comes together and co-works on their projects and troubleshoot and get feedback and things like that so at least i am accountable to those people who come because if i'm asking people to come and show their progress i better have something to show as well so it sort of evolved from there it's been going for like three years now um it's a long time yeah, it's it's been going a while, and by the grace of many tech startups who have been kind enough to host me, I've been able to find like a highly desirable meetup event space in Manhattan for the most part, which, which is the hardest thing about running a meetup is like free event space for people to gather after work. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've sort of come on to the same problems as well, running yeah. uh, my own meetups and finding space mm-hmm. is like really hard in 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 new york city so <clears throat> i just remember i used to live in in san francisco and they had a hacker space called noise bridge mm-hmm. and it was really really great because it was kind of like just like a community center ish yeah and and people could just go in and they're all into tech so there's like legit hackers actually hanging mm-hmm. out there but when i came back to new york uh couldn't really find anything like that there's new york city resistor but it's very small yeah right uh noise bridge in in san francisco is uh kind of like an entire floor of a building so that's awesome yeah if you've never been uh and you're in san francisco definitely check them out mm-hmm. I, I love that place and but yeah so running events in new york like getting event space is is like a hustle it's like a hustle Definitely. you have to you have to find like corporations that are willing to do it. Yeah. They have to have, they have a security policy because they don't want people going into their offices exactly. and getting intellectual property. It's, it's a, yeah. but you've, you've been able to get a lot of space. 
Yeah, so I joke that, you know how in Game of Thrones, Daenerys is sometimes referred to as the beggar queen when she was still trying to build her army. That's how yeah. I felt. I was like going around begging to my friends like, hey, I know you work at this tech company. Do you guys ever host events? Like, do you have free conference room space that we could just pop into for three hours on a Tuesday or something? And luckily- and you really wanted in Manhattan too. Yeah, because it has to be central enough for people from the Bronx to come and people yeah. from Brooklyn as well. So I've been I've been very lucky to have people willing to host. I think a lot of people, I mean, we, so I run Kaggle New York City and we've really caught a break with Microsoft. So Microsoft oh, yeah, yeah. has the, has the, the reactor. Store, right? They have the, it's a store, but they, they have a reactor center, they call it. It's for okay. community events. That's awesome. And and it's a prime location. It's right on 42nd Street. Yeah. Often we have people that are coming in from Jersey. Some mm-hmm. people come down from Westchester. Some people come down from Long Island. So even though like I live in Brooklyn and I wouldn't mind having my event somewhere in Brooklyn, it it is kind of like a deal breaker for a lot of other people. For sure. A lot of other people are coming in from further up, further up or further out west. And so, yeah, getting getting space, meetup mm-hmm. space in, in Manhattan is very difficult. And yeah. if you have it, you're really lucky. Yeah. Um, but I think we got a little sidetracked. Yeah. Oh, so I was going to talk about. So NYC there's the Gaming. NYC Game Makers is the meetup group that I started. NYC Gaming Discord is only a Discord. It lives on Discord. And it's it involves a bunch of the same people, like playcrafting alums, people out of NYU Game Center, other game development programs in New York. And it was started by um, Andrew Thomas, who is now, he's a friend, but he's also a game developer in the community. And at some point... I joined it and I was plugging my meetup group hard and then I was helping him plug the discord pretty hard through my meetup. So we were like, why don't we just join forces and sort of at least bring the communities together so that I will host all the physical space events and the discord will be for people to stay connected in between events. Yeah. I, I think that's really powerful. So also through running meetups, Mm -hmm. uh, there was a strong desire fairly early on that there's that like Gmail Gmail emails is not, wasn't going to cut it. So we ended up making like a Slack for, mm. for our community exactly for that, for staying in touch between the meetups. Yeah. Right? So my, my meetup is something about data science and computers mm. and people often want to share interesting links or like programming issues that they're they're running into and that's where something like uh like a chat like slack really shines yeah for sure and discord is the same thing i think discord probably lends itself more to the gaming community because people already were using it for playing online um and it's also a little easier to set up a public discord for anyone to join than a public slack so that's why we ended up with discord slack i think you have to actually send out invites or do something with their api to make it public right yeah you have to this might be getting too in the weeds but you have to set up you can either send out invites manually Mm -hmm. some people do that i'm actually thinking about doing that myself or you can set up like kind of like a bot or like a website where people can auto invite themselves Mm. uh we actually had one but it 
kind of it was being abused so i had to shut it down yeah and and right now i'm gonna probably change the the copy on the website to be oh email me directly and i'll invite you and it's a small enough community that that's not that's something i'm i'm okay doing with uh doing that myself and so this uh nyc gaming discord they have their own events yeah, so most of the events on NYC Gaming Discord are that take place on the Discord, the ones that didn't take place through my meetup group. And now because everything is shut down, it's kind of been a godsend for my meetup group that we already had an established Discord for everyone to connect while we weren't able to meet physically. So we're doing a little bit of planning around like expanding our online event offerings to include like social events i was thinking about doing like werewolf wednesday or um, we currently do feedback fridays occasionally where everyone similar to what we did at wonderville everyone gets together on a voice or video channel to show their projects and ask for feedback or help have you gotten any votes for virtual karaoke i don't I am not the one to advocate for virtual karaoke. No one has said anything, so I'm not going to encourage it. You don't like karaoke? I may be Asian, but I don't do karaoke. So surprising. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I love karaoke, and I actually think that... So I was on another Discord call earlier this week, and they were doing Zoom karaoke, and it was really, really fun. It was really, really fun, and I hope we do it more often. Yeah, we've done like Jackbox games and Jackbox, yeah, other, that's the other popular one. Games, yeah. Werewolf was really fun. Um, I think somebody is one of my friends is setting up Superhero or Super Fight, the card game, mm-hmm. just similar to Cards Against Humanity, and but you're you're arguing over cards around superpowers as opposed to just funny matchups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and. Let's see. Is there anything else we wanted to cover in this episode? I think we wanted to talk. uh, Did you want to talk about couch surfing and how that community has risen and fallen? Yeah. So what do you mean by that? And like maybe explain couch surfing for people that never used it. So couch surfing was back in the earliest days when I was aware of it in 2009, like a, a nonprofit website for people to find a free couch to crash on when they were visiting a foreign country or a state or a different place basically and it's a place for people to list like i have a couch open and i'm open to hosting you for x number of days and it was a matchmaking platform for travelers to find a good host in the place they were traveling to it was also a way for people who even if they didn't need a place to rest their head they could just visit couch surfing to meet fellow travelers or meet other people attending events similar to the ones that they wanted to be a part of and to meet people to just show them around socially Mm -hmm. Um, that was back in the day and then (laughs) at some point couch surfing decided they wanted to monetize so couchsurfing.org became couchsurfing.com and all of a sudden like money got involved people had to pay to be verified on the site which meant that you were not loco um, and could the like couch surfing could vouch for you to be a safe person to either stay with or uh, be visited by and 
around then I feel like is when the organizers, at least the ones I know in New York City, got a little crazy about who was in charge of couch surfing in New York City. Like who was in charge of planning the big couch surfing events in New York City that would bring everyone together because somehow money was involved and everyone it was no longer about the community. It was about like who could profit because who did the most work and deserved to profit. Yeah, I mean I think I I think this is a recurring issue with with running meetups is sometimes they get, they get political. Like there's a, like a power struggle over who owns the meetup or who, who's like, who can say what, what this, what this meetup does and what we represent. Mm-hmm. I remember going back to noise bridge. There was a lot of these, they they would have these uh, weekly uh, kind of like meetings, but for making decisions about mm-hmm. the thing. And it's so hard to get, make decisions uh, there, there are like all, lots of problems with like, well, there's a lot of homeless people in yeah. San Francisco and what do we do with the, do we let them in? Is this okay? We're not, we're not like, we're not a shelter. We can't do that. And so there's disagreements over how to handle several issues, uh, fundraising. So then it's like, let's form a subcommittee to discuss the committee that will be forming this committee. <laughs> yes. You get that. I also see... Uh, through my through my personal meetups, I see that it's very hard to get people to step up. So it's like I have to champion the meetup, and if I were to leave one day or stop stop doing the meetup one day, the meetup would just die. So that's like another issue that I nerd out about is like how do we make resilient meetups, resilient mm-hmm. organizations that like because quite frankly, people people do change. Right. So yeah. your personal situation, maybe you get busier, maybe you, I don't know, you get in a relationship and suddenly you don't have, this is not at the top of your to do anymore. Yeah. And I've seen so many meetups on, on meetup.com that just get orphaned. Mm-hmm. And that's something else to, I, I try to think about like, is there a solution? If, if there is, then what does that look like? Yeah, it's tricky to think about continuity planning for a volunteer-run organization. For something that's, yeah. like, not paying you, right? right. So this, exactly. is not, this is not paying your rent, mm-hmm. and the rent in New York City is so expensive. So. Yeah. You just got to find people within your membership who, like, really love and care about the mission that you're trying to establish and, like, sort of start slowly involving them and like, hey, will you send out the follow-up email this week or what are your ideas for the next event and how do we make it better and see if they're slowly able to step up in ways that maybe aren't mission critical immediately, but like show that they care enough to maybe do it. Yeah, that's something that I've tried to do through my meetups is find Mm co-organizers and... Uh, for for the Kaggle stuff, it's we we usually have someone speaking on some technical topic, and that's a really great space for people to kind of like go deep on some topic that they've been meaning to go into, and they yeah. have like a hard hard deadline. It's like okay, you have to give this talk Tuesday the the twenty fourth, and and it's like a, a constraint, right? So people, some people really like it. They they get an excuse to to learn about something that they don't know t- too much about and they also get a video right so we we used to record the videos and put them on on youtube that's awesome and that was really good 
so yeah so you can get people to chip in on the content generation side mm-hmm. and that's that's a starter right so maybe yeah. they can start by talking and then maybe they can start then they can do more responsibilities uh in terms of organizing it yeah um well i think that's all that i wanted to cover so Basically, to recap, uh, so Wonderville has these virtual events that people can attend. Oh, yeah. Did you want to talk about how we pivoted to Minecraft concert venue? I do want to talk about that. I would do. Yes, we we can make time. (laughs) Okay. So real quick, Wonderville, because it was like a in-person IRL meet space event venue for a long time, we hosted a lot of bands and concerts and like chiptune artists and DJs, all of a sudden COVID shut all that down. So we all decided to get together and rebuild Wonderville as a Minecraft virtual event venue plus amusement park that was an homage basically to all of the games that currently are housed at Wonderville but are not accessible. So on a monthly basis, hopefully we're going to be doing virtual concerts in Twitch. In Twitch and Minecraft. And in Minecraft, of course, for people who are able to get into Minecraft. So I'm actually curious about Minecraft. I, mm-hmm. I try to play, but I bought the I bought the wrong type of Minecraft. I think many parents Bedrock? do. No, the um the story mode or something like that. I don't there's either Java or Bedrock edition, but Java is the one that's highly no, modable and customizable. Neither of those. I, I went into GameStop one day and I bought a five dollar Minecraft. I don't disc. even know what that is. And it's a like disc? it's not like a CD. Yes, yes, oh. yes, yes. I was feeling I was feeling I was feeling um spendy and <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm gonna treat myself. I never buy video games, let me buy a copy of Minecraft. And I feel like I fell for like what a lot of parents would fall for. They they think that they're buying Minecraft, but they actually bought like the cheaper one that's not oh. Minecraft. Oh no, it's like you were trying to buy your kid a DS and you bought them like a PSP instead, and the kid's like, yeah. What? Mom, no. <laughs> Yeah, like you thought it was the same thing, but it's not. Yeah. And I actually fell for that. So if so, how do people join? How do people get on Minecraft? And then how would they get on this uh, Minecraft virtual party you guys throw? So they would have to have Minecraft Java Edition, which was the OG version of Minecraft before. Is that on someone's laptop? Yeah, it's on your on your laptop. I think it might be available mobile, but don't quote me on that. Um, desktop is the way we play it. Uh, And then for upcoming events, you would just buy a ticket from us, from Wonderville. It's usually around like five to $10 to join the server and be a part of it. If you don't own Minecraft or if you don't want to own Minecraft and just want to listen to music, then the music is also free streamed on Twitch. Mm -hmm. How would they, how would they buy the ticket? Like where do they go uh, it's all over our social, but it's also on wonderville.nyc. Um, there's like, there's an event listing. You click on the event listing, buy a ticket. We do our tickets through With Friends, which is a <laughs> both a membership and a ticketing platform. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty easy. Just the same as like buying a ticket off Eventbrite. Once you buy the ticket, you get a receipt telling you like, this is the server address. This is how you connect. All right, the because that reminds me a lot. I think elsewhere also had like yeah. a like a Minecraft. They they basically re for those that don't know, they elsewhere is like this other venue in in New York City, and they they went a little bit viral on 
on on social media because someone recreated the bar mm-hmm. in in Minecraft and I thought that was maybe related to Wonderville somehow but it's it sounds like it's not We had the idea around the same time they they were like ahead of us by a week in execution but yeah it's it's basically the same idea except Ours is slightly different in that it's both an amusement park and a venue, so it's not just you're you're jumping up and down in one space. You there's a whole bunch of interactive exhibits and rides that you can go on while you're listening to the music. Do you think that's something that would people should maybe explore more? So, I thought the like reimplementing elsewhere in in Minecraft was really really interesting because I've, I have an affinity to the location. Mm-hmm. Have you have you all considered recreating Wonderville in Minecraft or Yeah, Wonderville is it created off? in Minecraft. Like the first place you go into when you enter our Wonderville Minecraft server called Wonderverse is Wonderville the bar. Nice. That's made like one for one for what Wonderville looks like. And then you go out the backyard, go up the stairs, and it's the rest of the amusement park. And you can see all our tributes to all the games. That's cool. Yeah. That sounds cool. But definitely it's something that a lot of places should consider just as far as like retaining customers and engaging with people goes. Yeah. All right. So people can register for Wonderville events on wonderville.nyc. Um, if they wanted to register for the NYC gaming meetup, where do they go for that? Oh, um, it's nycgamingdiscord.com. And once you go in there, I'll just say hi. I'm one of the mods, so we, we, make sure the that we, we make sure that we personally greet every person who enters so that they feel like they're not just talking to a bot. Okay, that makes sense. That that goes back to the whole building community yeah. mission. And where can folks reach out to you? Like, where they where can they connect with you and maybe uh, direct questions to you? Discord is a good place, or on Twitter. Um, I'm at Ilanthus G, A I L A N T H U S G. Okay, we'll add that in the show notes for cool. for the audience, and that's it for me. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you.